Hey, this is Dwayne Larson, and welcome to It's a Music Thing, a podcast about, well, you guessed it, music. Each week, I'll try to bring you new stories from artists and other people in the music industry. I want to make this podcast one of your go-to music podcasts. There are a few ways you can help me make this happen. Go subscribe on iTunes, and if you feel so inclined, rate us. Also, tell your friends about It's a Music Thing. Nothing like word-of-mouth advertising. That goes a long, long way. Also, check out and follow our social media pages. It's a Music Thing MB on Instagram. Uh, on Facebook, it's It's a Music Thing. The website is itsamusicthing.com. Also, if you f- want to, drop me a line at itsamusicthingmb at gmail.ca. If you have a show idea or would like to be interviewed, or heck, maybe you even know someone that wants to be interviewed. All right, enough of my droning on and on. Let's get on with the show. everybody uh, on this week's episode i had a chance to sit down with dylan james from too many bands to name we get into a lot of them if not all of them but most of them uh this one was it's probably one of the longer interviews and i need to have a part two and near the end of the interview you're also going to hear maybe we'll have a round table discussion about a certain band in winnipeg here um but what i talked to dylan about is his newest band called slow steady they will be performing at Festival de Voyageur on February 15th at the Snowbar Tent at 8.15. And they're also going to be playing with some amazing, amazing local bands. Uh, most notably the Rippers and X... Oh, I'm going to butcher this so bad. X Omerta? I can't say it. I'm I'm terrible. I'm sorry. I butchered your band's name. But go see them. And also definitely... Excuse me. Go check out all of Festival de Voyageur. It is one of the the best festivals you can see in the winter here in Winnipeg. Uh, we just got done with the Big Fun Festival, which was I didn't get a chance to partake in any, in any of it, but all the photos I saw that looked like an amazing, amazing time was had by all. So, Festival de Voyageur is one of those great festivals that I think it's going on its thirtieth year this year. So it's it's a long running festival, and go out support. There's nothing else to do in this goddamn place in in winter so if you don't go and support it it'll go away so it's as easy as that also i want to thank uh one of our uh one of our sponsors we actually got a sponsor hey look at that uh divine shirt company if you need uh t-shirts made for your band for merch made for your band or your business definitely go check out divine shirt company you can check them out at divineshirtcompany.com or shoot scott a message at info at divineshirtcompany.com they even make one-offs i got a one-off made for a like a super reasonable price for them to go through all the effort just to make one t-shirt a lot of places won't do that or will charge you upwards of you know 40 50 60 dollars just to get a t-shirt made not scott he hooked me up good I highly recommend them. And as always, I know I preach and I know I harp on it. Keep it local. If you don't keep it local, then local businesses go under and it, it's it's a real huge snowball effect. But enough of that stuff. Let's get on with the show. This is uh, this is my conversation with Dylan James. Uh, I am Dylan James. Uh, I play in a band called Slow Steady. Uh, that's that's me that's you yeah and acoustically by yourself yeah i've done some acoustic shows as well which i hope to do some more in the future i like doing that i'm trying to 
uh, the first few times I've, I was really nervous and I'm, st- I'm trying to find that comfortable that comfortable spot on stage where I could be by myself and just play the songs yeah yeah I still have that little bit of jitteriness I mean I have the same thing when I play live mm-hmm. but it's a little different when you're by yourself it's like they'll be they can hear everything yeah yeah there's know? there's so, no there's no hiding behind the drums are too loud the bass is too the guitar it's like no nope, yeah it's is... like uh, oh did you hear that part where I screwed up so everyone's like what are you talking about exactly yeah yeah no yeah. no I didn't I didn't screw up what are you talking yeah okay yeah, yeah. so let's go back Way back, way, way cool. back. Cool, come down, yeah. Um, when did you, What? okay, I was actually thinking of this earlier. What is the first song you remember hearing as a kid where you were like, oh, music, and not like a nursery rhymey type thing, but like an actual, a real song? A real song, like before I got into like punk rock and stuff? Yeah, like yeah. The just very first, oh anything. man. I'll, I'll give you some time here to think um, because I thought That's of a crazy mine. question. What's yours? Mine is um, uh, that uh, the Rocky song. Not the dun, 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 um, the Rocky Horror. No, no, like Rocky, like the boxer Rocky. Oh, uh, um, I the Tiger. I the Tiger. By is it Glass Tiger? I think it's Glass uh, Tiger. I think you might be right. I'm yeah. not sure though. I yeah. just remember because my uncle gave me a cassette that besides Mini Pops, Mini Pops was also yeah there, um, and yeah, it's just. That that was mine, and I thought I'm gonna ask Dylan that today. Holy crap! Um, I, I'm just the first thing I'm trying to think of, like some of the first music I I really liked was okay. Here's a good one. So my parents, back in the day when they're when we were driving a I can't remember what family car it was, but anyways we they always had the Wings greatest hits okay. in the car. So Paul McCartney and the Wings that mm-hmm. greatest hits cassette, and I think I still have it, or it's at my parents' place. But that that record that cassette all those songs like to this day it's like something like when that just brings like silly love songs uh silly love song starts something like it just like clicks with me and like yeah i I remember like being in the car like hearing those songs so that could be something that's really really way back yeah yeah that made me think of music and Mm -hmm. what's what music and what what a song is that actually reminded me of another one was my aunt and uncle had like this big comfy it wasn't a Cadillac but one of those bigger cars with super cushiony seats mm-hmm. and they loved the Oak Ridge Boys oh god I cannot get enough of Elvira ever because that guy that does the bass yeah. I don't know have you listened to the Oak Ridge no, Boys no I don't oh, think so man. no because it's like they'll be singing and then he'll just come in with a blah blah I can't even get as low as oh, he oh really it is <laughs> the coolest thing ever oh capella stuff um, they they're full band. Like they've got a full thing, but, but the they they done... do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's and cool. he's not at all what you'd think. He like you think he should be this big, burly, bearded guy, but no, he's just a normal looking dude. That's yeah, just can get real low. Very cool. Um, do you remember the first punk rock song? Like, because a lot of your musical stylings that you play anyway, mm-hmm. uh, aside from the acoustic stuff, is really punk rocky. Yeah. Or rock or harder. Yeah, the um, majority of it has been, yeah. Can you remember the first band that you heard or that was like, oh, what's this? Yeah, I, I, I remember being in the basement at my friend Ben's house. We used to, like, you know, download songs and try and, like, you know, hearing stuff um, on uh, skateboarding uh, mm-hmm. video games. Uh, I remember hearing Strike Anywhere at one point. And, like, yeah. It was, like, the fastest thing I've ever heard. Um, uh, but I remember my brother, I was, I was young. I was a teenager. I was like 14, 15. And my brother at that point, he was more into hip hop. 
mm-hmm. but he started he loved no effects and Lagwagon propaganda all these like really good bands yeah and i remember he took me to hmv and he took how to clean everything off the <laughs> shelf and i was young right and he just he he's like okay you, you just need to buy this yeah I'm like okay so i remember when i brought it to the cashier and the the person who's at the uh, hmv employee was like looked at my brother not at me he looked at my brother and he was like do you know what they sing about on this album? My brother's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Like whatever. And he like put yeah. it in, he, he bought it for me. He was like, Oh, like, I don't know what this is kind of thing. Yeah. And I remember we got into the car and he put it in and my brother, he was into hip hop. So I'm like, yeah. oh, I just knew what he listened to. He listened to Wu-Tang and Gangstar and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And when he put the record and he started singing the words, I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like ever, ever since then, like Propaganda is still my favorite band of all time. Yeah. And that kind of, was the catalyst of just like okay like what else is out there mm-hmm. yeah yeah that, that was i think yeah it's kind of funny because they're from winnipeg and yeah. like you know porridge of prairie winnipeg so he's, and you're 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 bred and born here yeah yeah okay yeah so it's kind of cool like that one of those first like punk bands like a punk rock album mm-hmm. that i bought was propaganda yeah that's like, from your hometown like, it's like it's crazy yeah 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 I remember that album and I bought it and I had actually fallen asleep to it blaring in my, in my room. <laughs> oh my God. And then they get to, I mean, my parents are never super religious. Oh no. Um, they also put up with a lot for me because like I went through not a bunch of phases, but I loved and still do to this day. I love Marilyn Manson. Mm-hmm. I think he is incredibly intelligent. He is super, he's very his, intelligent. Like he's great conversationalist. Yes. Like he's, he's, He's a well. He's a very. He he speaks well. Like yeah. He's always, yeah. Yeah. Really, really not cool not guy. like us at all. We're, yeah. We're, <laughs> yeah. We're just string words together. Uh, yeah. Work. Um, he's a sp- speaker. Well. He's yes. A, he's a very he, well spoken. He things knows. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, but so I loved him for the longest time. Like I used to like cut pictures out of magazines and like it would be all around my room. So mm-hmm. you come up to my room, it's like all Manson. Crazy. Um, now eh, he's fine. How old are you? 16 15 16 mm-hmm. yeah 16 i had my license yep. so i mean loved them the first three albums are incredible after that it kind of dies off for me a little bit but mm-hmm. that's also when i went like even more just face first into punk rock yeah um but i fell asleep with uh how to clean everything on and when they get to that part about fuck religion oh yeah oh man over and over and over yep my mom came in and she's just like can you turn that down please Ooh, like, like very the, passive. The, the very stern, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> and she never said I couldn't listen to it. She wasn't one of those parents. She yeah. never did any of that. But did your parents ever like? Did they ever hear any of what those guys were saying? Uh, yeah, but they never really had a problem either. Mm-hmm. They, I don't think they like you know liked what they were saying or agreed with what they were saying. But yeah. even at the same time, I was young and I was just getting into it, so I'm not. I wasn't even probably sure what they were talking about. Oh, like no, propaganda sure. gets like really deep into that stuff, yeah. but uh, yeah, they never had a problem. They let me listen to that kind of stuff, but uh, you know, obviously, I wouldn't like be singing in the house kind of thing when I was that age. But yeah, <laughs> just humming along. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you're 14 years old. You just bought a prop CD. Um, when did you start playing music? Did you start before that? No. Uh, in a band. Yeah. Well, I, I got Even... my first guitar. Yeah, I got my first guitar. I think it was 13. My okay. uncle Bruno gave me his guitar uh so i just started i taught myself i never took a lesson uh i did take bass lessons Mm -hmm. at one point but that didn't last long either so uh i just basically try to learn from tabs or i learn by ear and just kind of played some stuff yeah and 
learned simple chords and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was like, I started playing, yeah, 13. That's when I first got my guitar. Do you remember the first song you could play and like actually want to like play it in front of people, not be all embarrassed about? Uh, I don't. Yeah. I'm not sure. That's a good question. (laughs) That's the kind of stuff like I wish I remembered. Like, yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. We're we're, we're getting old, Dylan. I know there's, there's certain things I'd like to remember, but yeah, I'm not sure. So, um, I mean, I met you, I can't even remember when I officially quote unquote met you and started talking to you and hanging out. It was, I'm pretty sure it was when you were playing with Danger Cat. Okay. Um, but I remember seeing you play with Danger Cat and you were a drummer, mm-hmm. are a drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, is that your preferred instrument? I like drums a lot. Yeah. I think like even right now, I'm definitely open to try and be in a band again with mm-hmm. and play drums. I do really enjoy it. I'm not sure why i think it's just you could it's probably because i play it the best okay. at the same time right so i i play guitar well but i'm not i i'm not a solo kind of guy and yeah i try to write stuff but it's with drums i could be the most creative i think oh, okay yeah when did when did you start drumming i started drumming uh i'd say because I, I always try and think back when i started stopped playing hockey okay. stopped playing hockey like 14 and I think that's when I started like playing in bands and trying to write music with friends. So yeah, yeah like maybe 15. So my first band was Public Fallout. Okay. And we jammed at my parents' place in the basement. Mm-hmm. So Jeff Roden, who drummed, he left the drums in the basement. Oh, okay. And so, right? So yeah. uh, all the equipment would be in the basement, kind of all the all the amps would be against the wall. But then the drums, we would just kind of let, uh, we would just, you know, we would just keep it there yeah. where it was. And so I would, I just started like playing like random stuff or like giving, giving it a shot. I, I just had a natural rhythm, I guess. Okay. Cause it didn't take me long to get a hand handle on drums. Yeah. And yeah, so I started playing drums then. And then Daniel Kelsey, who I played with in public fallout, mm-hmm. uh, me, him and another friend, Cameron Wilgosh, mm-hmm. we started a band where I played drums Oh, okay. And so that was like, yeah, 15, 16, I was high school. Yeah. Yeah. So we were called the exception and we, yeah, we, we all, we actually switched a couple times. I went to bass for a couple songs and then Daniel went to drums. Oh, and I think, okay. I'm pretty sure by the end of it, I was more of the solid drummer and then Dan would just stay Like you bass. guys would switch during the show? Yeah. Oh, like this I fucking song. hate when people do that. <laughs> it I drives know, me very... <laughs> to drink more. Yeah, because it's it's like really I, like I get it, and it's really awesome. People like like yourselves that are like a multi instrument. Yeah, like you can do that, and that's amazing. But during the live show, it's like just. But just, I don't now. I'm thinking like, why would we? What's it, just play the bass? I don't yeah. understand. Like, what is there a part in the song that you can't play that you must play this? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, now I don't remember. And now like, it's more, and it's it's not so much punk rock bands that do that, or even metal or anything. It's more yeah. like the weird indie bands that like totally. switch it up and do oh, whatever. I gotta go to it's synth like, for this one. Yeah, I'm it's like go just to, I gotta go back to bass, and then I gotta because there's weird pedals, so I gotta take my guitar and. Yeah, it's yeah. like just sit your ass at that synth and you fucking play that thing right. and everybody else stay where you are yeah and everyone's got a mic you can all sing mm-hmm. like oh it drives me crazy yeah um so the first band public fallout did you guys ever record yeah 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 so you have like oh i have some recordings oh yeah oh we, yeah I, I may have to get you to send those so we can because what i do um after every episode is i kind of at the end i just play songs from the artist or oh, cool stuff that um kind of goes along with everything but mm-hmm. you have you've got a pretty good 
See, I've got everything. I've yeah. got public follow stuff. I've got exception stuff. Yeah. I've got no more hero stuff. I've got oh, danger man. cat. I got. Uh, I've got distances stuff. I've got. I've got every, all so my you, stuff. I've got it all. Perfect. So yeah. we'll we'll go from, from the. <laughs> we'll, so we'll, much stuff is so crazy. Oh man. yeah, we'll, we'll we'll call it the worst because I'm sure the quality and you know where you're. It's at not great, but that, it's not bad. That's either. That's perfect. Yeah. Um. So then, yeah, I just put like a bunch of stuff at the end, and that's then, fine. Play it and it's oh perfect. Oh my god, not to like decide what song to send you. <laughs> You're like, which is... Because we recorded a few. Like, it wasn't okay. just like, you know, a song kind of thing. It's like, oh, we went to the studio one day. It's like, no, we recorded like five songs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so after Public Fallout, you you started... The Exception? The Exception? Yeah. What was... What would, what did they sound like? What was that? That was more like pop punk, I'd say. Like, you know, like very riff, like riffy, like blink White 2 type riffs. Okay. And uh, a little faster kind of thing, but uh, I guess Public Follow was fast, but yeah, Exception was more on the poppy side. Public Follow was um, a little more aggressive. Okay. And then, but Exception was more like family friendly, like hey, yeah. pop punk, but it was still like had that punk rock sound kind of thing. And did you guys play shows like yeah. actual? Like where did you guys? Where was the first? Where was your first show? That's uh, uh, first show. First show ever that you played in a band. I would. Oh man, like there. Um... <laughs> I'm sure they all blend. Yeah, because there was like the Deer Lodge, uh, uh, Deer Lodge Community Center shows. Okay. So those were like you know twelve bands would play in a day because it would be like an <laughs> it would be like a matinee yeah, until yeah. like the later evening. Yep, I remember that. So, I don't remember those because I wasn't here for. See, those, I th- I think exception the exceptions first show was at one of those Deer Lodge shows because Public Follow played as well, I believe. Oh, okay. And I think the exception had their first show uh, at that at one of those matinee shows. Oh, okay. So it was like. Yeah, ten or twelve band bill, but then we'd play like earlier in the day. We play at like one. Yeah, and then later on because like Public Fall was around for a few years, so we like we kind of built a decent like, you know, not fan base, but like a known in the in that mm-hmm. little scene there was. So like we sometimes we like we'd headline a show and like we'd able to play some really cool shows. We played with Closet Monster and oh, okay. Protest the Hero yeah. and Bombs Over Providence and like these all these. Um, what was that? Uh, um, Operation Underground. Yeah, a yeah. lot of those bands. Like that yeah. was such a crazy show. Man, and I know he's gonna love this when I, I say his name, but Monty, Monty would have a fucking boner for that because yeah. I remember seeing that. Okay, that Protest the Hero show. That was the first time they ever played anything from Kazaya because they played oh. like their more like weirder stuff. Yeah. From like calculated use of sound, whatever that first album was. Yeah. And then they played Kazaya stuff, oh, and then the okay. crowd didn't move. Everyone's like. What was that? I I think <laughs> I still have a ticket stub from. I think I saw them in Regina, mm. and the only reason I knew who Closet Monster was was because it was like Avril Lavigne's bass player, or guitar yeah, player, London. or something. London was in and, uh, in Closet Monster. Yeah, and yeah. I've never I've never really dug any of that underground operation stuff. I just, I tried. I've got a few of the CDs. I've got a couple of comps and stuff. Mm-hmm. I tried. It wasn't really my jam. Yeah, I, I never. Uh, I the yeah the because I when because I came on protest like that was a oh, when protest the hero uh, put out that album that was a good album that I think what's that closet monster out records an EP I think it's like summer of ninety seven or something okay. I can't remember what it's called but that that one's really good but I didn't really get into anything else. No, I couldn't even get into uh, protest because I'm like I I again I'm like this is really good mm-hmm. but it's not like it's. It's not my too, jam. Yeah, it's like, too it's busy. Too, it's, it's like too, very technical. It's very technical, which yeah. is great. But oh, yeah. now seeing them when I saw them the last time they were through, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Now I can appreciate it a little bit more. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, old and <laughs> I don't want to hear just like shit dick piss necessarily all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so 
What came after the second band? Yeah, the exception after that. Um, I think that was the afterbeat. Okay. Yeah, the afterbeat. So I joined the afterbeat when I was 17, 18, mm-hmm. and I worked at Moxie's uh, with Mike Reese. Okay. Um, do you know Mike Reese? The name sounds familiar. Yeah, so I worked with him, and he's he was he's been playing Afrobeat for uh, a while before I joined. Okay. And they were looking for a drummer, and he knew I drummed because we talk about music at work. Yeah. And so when when he talked to me at work, and he was like, "Hey, do you want to like try out for the Afrobeat? Like, we're looking for a drummer." Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely. That'd be kind of fun because I I liked the Afrobeat. I I went to their shows as like mm. a fan. I was like, man, these guys are super cool. Like, really great ska music. Yeah. Uh, so I tried out for them, and it, we kind of. We worked really well together, and I liked everyone in the in the band, and it was kind of cool because a lot of the guys in the like Graham Riddle, um, Leaf Gobey, uh, and Dennis Dennis oh man oh no I feel bad Dennis Godry uh, was trombone okay and so yeah like we kind of melded really good because I guess we really like ska music we loved uh, punk rock so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with those guys. Cause so when you joined that band, you said you're 17, 16? Yeah, 17, 18, yeah. Were you, were you like the young guy yes. in the band? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, by quite a, by a few years. And I know we we talked before we started recording this, um, and that was your first, was that your first proper, you're going out on tour band? Yeah, yeah. And do you remember your first tour and any, yeah, I guess, highlights, lowlights? For sure. Like, I think, uh, yeah, I told you upstairs, like, uh, that was my first tour where, it was graduating night. It was graduation night. Like the party was house party, everything. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's hanging out and celebrating and having a great time. And I had to be up really, really early, like seven o'clock to yeah. be on the road for eight o'clock or something like that. So, you know, I was saying goodbye to a bunch of friends and now being the t- like the, the <laughs> high school kid, like, ah, I got to go on tour tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to bounce guys. Kind yeah. of um, uh, which was definitely a really cool feeling because it was my first tour. So obviously I'm like, I'm jacked. I'm yeah, very, very excited. Like, you know, seeing bands since I was 14 and all of a sudden finally I'm 18 years old and yeah. I get to get into a van with some friends and like play some shows. Yeah. And, yes. not, and not think about floors sleeping on and stuff like yeah, that. Like, you don't want to think about that part yet. No. You're, you're in the van or yeah. van. Exactly. So yeah, we headed out uh, west. We went to uh, BC and, and back, which was really cool. So I did that twice with them. We went out east at one point and we played um, some of the greater Toronto area. We played uh, Guelph okay. and a bunch of places, which was really, really cool. And, but the really cool tour with them was with uh, opening for Bedouin Sound Clash for oh, like a week. Nice. So, like, playing venues. Uh, we played the Commodore Ballroom in BC oh, and Vancouver. Wow. Like, 1,100 people or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Like, getting, like, walking. Like, I'm getting goosebumps. Like, I'm, I, it's, you can it was, remember it. Oh, my God. It was amazing. Just, yeah. And actually getting to know some of the guys in Bedouin Sound Clash and hanging out with them. and mm-hmm. But playing those shows was, oh, it was incredible, yeah. Just as as young as I was and having this opportunity to go on tour with them, mm-hmm. it was it was awesome. So like, there, yeah, 1,200 people at the Commodore. Like, yeah, what? that's, most bands would kill for, like, even half, even a quarter of even that. A quarter, even now, yeah. like, oh, just yeah. having 100 people show up at your show, you're Absolutely. like, you're doing good, especially here in Winnipeg, which can be I find it a lot like the Regina scene it's really fickle mm-hmm. it, there's like ups and downs yeah, Regina's and sound tough. and Regina's a tough town like mm-hmm. it's I always like to call it it's a smaller dirtier Winnipeg okay. and I don't mean that disrespectfully I've lived there I loved Regina just like the first time I visited Winnipeg I was like this is home I'm mm-hmm. like I just felt like 
I love the music that was coming out of, I mean, who doesn't love propaganda? Yeah. But like the Weaker Thans, Comeback Kid, all those guys. So many good bands. And then once you get past, I feel weird saying like, I don't want to call them the upper echelon, but the where all the eyes are on them, when you start to go below and it's like, wow, there's so much more so to much the city more. that's like, yeah, whether it's metal, hip hop, I don't know that much about yep. yet, mm-hmm. hoping to know more. Um, but there's just so many, I mean, we're also forced to create here cause it's minus a billion yeah. um, and you don't want to go outside. So yeah. So you know, you're inside, in, it gives your, your creative juices yeah. get going. Right. And so after the after beat is after the after, after the after beat, uh, <laughs> it was no more heroes, which was a really, oh, okay. really cool band. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I was playing a show at the, at the, Oh man, the Albert. Okay. And that was that was my last show at the Afterbeat. And I remember I got a call from I think it was Braden, Braden Wilkes, who I play mm-hmm. in a band with now. And he called me and he was I got I was at work and I listened to this message. He's like, uh, hey man, it was something along the lines of, you know, hey man, uh not sure what you're doing, but uh, you should play in a band with me. Uh their uh their drummer uh, they didn't, they kind of parted ways. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, I just, I wasn't sure if you wanted to uh, play in a band with me. You probably should uh, call me back kind of thing. <laughs> and it was crazy because I was like, I don't know if I can. I was kind of busy and I was, um, I, I just didn't know if I had the time, mm-hmm. but, and I, I said no the first time. And then I heard them and I was like, I shouldn't have said no. <laughs> they were so so good like that ep i have is still like holy crap Mm -hmm. um so then their drummer left they had a um i think they had like a little bit of a uh like falling out a little bit yeah so when they foam and they finally asked me again i'm like okay like i'll do it yeah so yeah i I left the afterbeat and then because i was playing in this band with it was brayden wilkes uh andrew free patrick laroche uh colin mccullough and so, like, all these guys were my age. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, oh, shit, like, this is crazy. Like, I went to school with Braden and Andrew. Mm-hmm. And so I knew those guys. And then I quickly made friendships with Pat and Colin. Yeah. So that band was more progressive, like, me- uh, not metal, but, like, post-hardcore, like, okay. really heavy riffs and breakdowns and, like, really heavy stuff. So, like, it was, my drumming got so much better. Mm-hmm. Cause it was fast, like double kick stuff and like very high endurance. Mm-hmm. So that stuff was really, really cool. And, uh, we didn't tour, but, uh, before we stopped playing, before we kind of broke up, we were, we were trying to book a tour. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we had, uh, we had some really, really cool songs and, uh, that band was a lot of fun. We jammed like three times a week. Oh, nice. And so we like had like a jam in. house. Yeah. So I basically like lived there like almost, you know what I mean? Like if I wasn't at my parents' house like working and then I would basically go there all weekend. Yeah. Because we would usually jam Friday, Friday after work. Mm-hmm. We'd all go there like barbecue and like hang out, sleep there, wake up, jam. Yeah. Again. Yeah, because yeah. we just, our songs needed work and yeah. we needed to have them tight. Yeah. So that was crazy. Yeah. We was out uh, in the St. Vitell area. And we just stay out there and barbecue and party and hang out. Yeah, it was yeah, that band was fun. Nice, yeah. Nice. So yeah. when when did you? Because like I said before, the first time I you kind of like popped up on my radar was Danger Cat. Mm-hmm. So when that did, was 2011. 2011. Yeah. So I I was in No More Heroes and then I went to Australia for like ten months mm-hmm. and then then when I got back 
Keith uh, messaged me. Yeah. And he's like, hey, man, like, you know, uh, uh, we're looking for a drummer for uh, Danger Cat. Uh, we're just, you know, would you want to come and jam sometime? And I was like, oh, I wasn't doing anything at the, at the time. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, let's, yeah, I'm down to come down and go jam. So uh, I met up with Romer and Keith. <clears throat> and I knew Romer from, like, the recovery and all these, like, old school bands. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know Keith from anything. I just knew, I guess, Keith from the scene, I guess. Yeah. And... So, yeah, so I jammed with them. We it was a good click. It was really cool stuff. Keith's mm-hmm. an like amazing songwriter. I love like all those songs he's written for Danger yeah. Cat, and so it was that was really cool to be a part of his songwriting um, process and putting my two cents into the songs mm-hmm. like drum wise. Yeah, but yeah, then Danger Cat. So with them, like we toured, we uh, we released a full length like, like the Where I'll Be. Yeah, which and, was lots of fun. And you drummed on that one, like on yep. the recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full album we recorded at Bedside Studios and. That was a ton of fun, yeah. Like the that show, the May tenth at the Low Pub, that was uh, that was a wild show, man. Man, so many so many good venues that are no longer here. Yeah, like, I love the Low Pub. I didn't go there a ton, but mm-hmm. I went there enough, and it was. I even took my mom to a show there. Cool. When she came. My, up yeah, my parents came Estevan. to those shows. Yeah. I I took her to. I don't know if you ever heard of Library Voices. No. But the majority of them are from Estevan, now Regina, and they happen to be playing. The same night, my mom was in town, so I'm like, "Hey, want to go to a show?" Yeah, cool. And they're very, they're very poppy dancey, so I was not worried about yeah anything about bringing my mom to that show. Cool. Um, so um, after Danger Cat, and all, all this time, because you've been drumming for all these bands mm-hmm. and still playing guitar, I'm assuming. In yeah, your, every like, once in a while, yeah. like I, I think it was like more like learning covers and just like playing for myself. Yeah, yeah. When did you kind of get? Because obviously you got the itch to kind of come out from behind the kit. Yeah. Because was it after Danger Cat was Distances? Yeah. And what, I was I was double duty at for a while. What what kind of made you want to start? Like, had you sang before at all? Uh, I did backups in Danger Cat. I did mm. like harmonies with Keith. Uh, so, yeah, that was it. Was interesting because uh, Nick Herzog and Flo they came to a Danger Cat show. Mm-hmm. I think it was at the park. And they saw me play and they noticed I was harmonizing like with Keith and like, he's like, what they said to me, like, Hey man, like, you know, we, we saw you play drums and you know, you, you have a really good voice. Yeah. <clears throat> and Nick was the originally, they were originally a four piece distances. Mm-hmm. So it was just Nick playing guitar and singing. Yeah. So they came to me and asked me if I wanted to try and sing some distances songs. Like as a singer, I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, really? I'm like, holy crap. Like I've be kind of cool. Like I've been tucked behind a drums for behind the drums for a few years now yeah so yeah that was that was lots of fun so i went to go jam with them at uh that furby jam space above the goodwill okay and yeah i learned that that first ep they put out i think it was like three or four songs maybe Mm -hmm. more uh and so i learned those songs i think i printed out some of the lyrics and just like went there and i don't know what i'm doing i'm just like i've never been a front man yeah I've never like just been me in front of a mic before, so I didn't yeah. know really what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I have some singing knowledge. Yeah, but a lot of stuff. And... Yeah, I can I can hold a tune. Yeah, maybe not great, but I can definitely <laughs> do it. And uh, yeah, I, I just had a lot of fun. The songs that first EP that Distance has put out was awesome. Like I remember hearing some of the stuff and hearing like DJ sang like like his mm-hmm. vocals, like his harmonies with Nick. I'm like, holy smokes! Like this band's like on another level here yeah this yeah. is kind of crazy and yeah so i've ended up doing double duty my first show with distances 
was title fight, living oh, wow. with lions, danger cat distances. <laughs> so I double duty like my first distances show. Yeah. So I um, distances opened up. Yeah, distances opened because that was the, that was my first show with them, and then I remember. Uh, I was wearing like whatever, like I think I was wearing like a long sleeve shirt and jeans. Yeah. And then for Danger Cat, like, it was like shorts, you know, no sleeves. Kind of like, like so I get a lot more hot when I'm yeah. playing drums. And then I remember um, people were telling me afterwards. People were like, "Oh, the, the drummer looks a lot like the singer from Distances. <laughs> this is kind of weird, but like that can't be him. Like yeah, he's got yeah. a backwards hat on now and yeah. whatever." <clears throat> and uh, yeah, that, that was crazy. But it was kind of nice because. I gave it my all with distances, like trying out for that first time. Yeah. And then I'm not as heavily, uh, singing in danger cat. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I, I can do that. Probably if it was like front man for both, like, woo, yeah, that kinda, would be, be tough, but yeah, that, I can sing and then boom to the drums and yeah. harmonize whenever I need to. So when you're doing double duty in that, did you know while being with danger cat, you're like, my 10 years going to kind of, it, it's coming to an end with this, with danger cat. Mm -hmm. Like, did you, were you already kind of, thinking of a nice way to transition uh, out of that. I mean, not that I don't want to say drummers are replaceable, yeah. but they're, it, it almost seems like, well, drummers especially are one of the, the, the artists in the group that kind of, kind of just, they just, there'd be new ones every whatever. Cause yeah. not that they're not important. Cause you oh, know, I know what you mean, but were you trying to think of a good way out of that? Uh, Cause I'm trying to think cause I, I, I have a binder full of my show posters that I've played, but, um, I'm trying to remember like when I split from danger cat, but it was, uh, I, I think it got to a point of like, Oh man, like I was enjoying my time mm -hmm. with distances and I'm, I'm, it wasn't like, I didn't like the songs I was doing with danger cat, but, yeah. but I think it was just like maybe a better fit or something like that. But I never had any ill feelings towards Keith or Romer. Like I saw, yeah. I saw those guys at the Flatliner show a little while ago. Yeah. I give those guys a hug and I, I love them a lot. Um, but I can try to remember, like I, it must've been a little while. And then it just all of a sudden started to be like, okay, like both bands are quite busy because mm -hmm. they're both taking some really good strides. Like Danger Cat already had a good foot in the scene and then Distances was kind of making some good noise. Yeah. And I think I just kind of got to a point where I was like, okay, I, I, I think I just got to do one. Yeah. And I, I decided to go with distances and I, uh, after, uh, yeah, after I left danger cat, I just stuck with them. And then, uh, and I mean, for sure it allows you to flex a different muscle that you haven't really been doing mm -hmm. because I was having a lot of fun as a front man. Like yeah. I was, it was, I had a lot of freedom. How long did it take for you to like settle into that? Like to be comfortable being the guy that like kind of everybody watches I mean, that, also that being said, um, for people that weren't lucky enough to catch Distances show, everybody was moving on that stage. Yeah. Like they, everybody we are, was... Our shows were high energy. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. quite like... It's not like you're going to see Sick of It All, but yeah. it's like everybody's going. But how long did it take you to like settle into like being comfortable, kind of being the voice and sometimes like the face because mm -hmm. most front people are? Yeah, uh, it did... It, it, I'm not sure. I I think having all the musical experience I've had, mm -hmm. I think it was easier because it was like, ah, like I, I knew these guys. I've been playing music for so long now. It's just a different, <clears throat> it's a different spot in the band that I'm doing. Yeah. So I don't think, I remember a friend of mine told me the first, uh, the first distances show, I was, I wasn't really facing the crowd because okay. I was, I was more, 
like sideways to the crowd because yeah, yeah. I, I was nervous and I couldn't like face them or yeah. it was just how I did it. Yeah. I don't think it was on purpose. Yeah. So, but I think it took me probably a few shows to get my, get Do you my, remember how my, you got over that block of, of like, like kind of not sort of facing the crowd. Cause I know when yeah. I have to, I've, I've been told by a few different people cause I hate public speaking. Mm-hmm. I've had to do it a few times. I've done it in front of like two, 300 people. It's not my most favorite thing to do, but I always do it. Cause I always try to like push myself out of my comfort zone and, just just do it. Mm-hmm. And then once I do it, everyone's like, oh, you did really good. But a lot of people say, you just look over. Kind of like, yeah. I mean, you're on a stage. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm making eye contact with someone in the back the whole time. Not, not like I'm not looking at you. Yeah, but... <laughs> because you can only really see the first, what, seven, eight feet yeah. in front of you. That's you don't right. really see anything back there because it's super dark unless you're playing a huge stadium. But even yeah. then, it's still dark. So do you remember how you got over that block and just kind of, turn that next quarter turn i think i don't know i I feel like i just just got comfortable and just it was a natural thing like okay like this is like what i'm doing now i might as well just just kind of jump it into feet first really um you know my dad was a front man for 20 plus years oh wow really and like toured canada and toured the country which band he was in a band called laughing boy oh okay yeah so he yeah he was he was on the road for like months and months and months at a time. Mm-hmm. And so him being a front man and uh, I was able to talk to him about things as well. Like, yeah. you know, what do I, not necessarily what do I do, but just like, how did you get comfortable? Like, what are some of the things that you do? Or Yeah. Yeah. So I think he, having his support was always great too. Mm-hmm. So um, did he kind of push you to, to play music? Uh, a lot? Or, or not like, not push not me, push, but, but he, encourage. He, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The, one of the things I remember my dad doing, which was so, which is like, I feel like not many dads would do this. I said, hey, dad, like, hey, dad, like, you know, I have a chance to go on tour. Is that cool? He's like, yeah, yeah do it because it's the best. Yeah. So like knowing, you know, I'm going to be in the road and like doing whatever, mm-hmm. like eating shitty and like maybe not sleeping well. And yeah. Being up. Because he knows night, he's done it. Yeah, he's yeah. done it. Yeah. So and like, he also he... did it when you, I, I'm not saying, I don't know if he was with your mom at that point or yeah. not or if they met, whatever. But back then, yeah, what goes on the road stays on the road. Yeah, like it's not not like now where it's like everyone's got a phone and social yeah, media. Yeah, it was definitely stuff. harder back then for yeah. sure. Yeah, because uh, I think uh, I think my dad was in the band before he met my mom, and then um, then yeah, that my mom was at home and my dad was on the road and mm-hmm. you know pay phones or whatever else. Yeah. Like one of the things that uh, me and my mom and dad were just talking about was when John Lennon died, okay. and my mom phoned my dad on the road and my, and like the world stopped. Yeah, and my mom was like like. John Lennon got shot. He's dead. And like on the, my dad was wherever in Calgary or something. Yeah. Just like what? And you know, those are kind of commu- things you have to communicate. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 Like whether it be for, whether it be like the, you know, the, like the, like the pet they had or mm-hmm. something around the house or the apartment. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like there's, it's, it was much harder back in the day. Oh, for sure. Cause you'd have to catch him. Like, I mean, usually it's up to, it would be up to him probably to phone her. Yeah, because it's not like she knows like where he's going. Yeah, be. unless it's like a venue where like you just follow along. It's this date at this venue, right. and you phone the venue, and you're like, I hope yeah. they're there, but no one's going to know who the singer from what. They're not going to know. Yeah, but that's super cool. I didn't know your dad was. Yeah, so but the, back back in the day, like when my dad was touring, they would play venues at a week for a week at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So they that was that that that's what was different back then. Yeah, like they were playing Calgary for a week. They play like this bar and they play another bar in Calgary for a week and then mm-hmm. they would go like wherever else. But yeah, having my dad say that, 
you know, like go on tour, man, because it's the best. So he, there's certain things my dad, uh, you know, me and my dad are on the like, same page for music wise. Like, yeah. you know, when people say, you know, that was a really cool song, like, or whatever else, like, but no one knows how much fucking like blood, sweat, and tears you put into a song. Oh, and, for like, sure. No one gets that. Yeah. Not many people get that. Yeah. So when people say like really cool song, like that, or that was a great song, like that one, it's like, oh my god, like thank you so much, like. Yeah. You, you wrote that song like as a band like we put all that stuff together like holy crap yeah would you would you ever or have you ever done anything with your dad yeah 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 uh that we uh, friends of ours uh if for the listeners i'm pointing i've i have a few frames on my wall in my jam room here and uh i've got a we did a thing called wednesday's best because we jammed every wednesday oh okay. it was me andrew free and my dad so we wrote uh it was like 12 songs or something like that so um it was me, um, on the album, me, uh, Patrick LaRoche, Andy Wilgosh, my dad, Colin McCullough, Eric Ross, Andrew Free, uh, Darcy Harrison, and myself. And so we, yeah, we recorded a bunch of songs. Awesome. I wrote a bunch of songs with my dad. We, like, recorded them with my buddy Colin, and we put out our little record just for, we just, we, we uh, printed the CDs and distributed them kind of thing but yeah just like within family and friends who ever yeah, wanted yeah. them we ever played a show but yeah yeah we wrote like a bunch of songs that's with my awesome. dad which was super cool because mm-hmm. he was a singer and so me and him wrote songs together yeah yeah and especially bringing like 20 years of experience and yeah i mean that that must have been a pretty cool like bonding like just like you're just hanging out with your dad and making music. Yeah, like I would write some songs and then my dad would, you know, I would give him the audio files of like the instru- in- instrumentals and yeah. he'd write lyrics and write nice. melodies and stuff. It was so cool, man. Like yeah. not many people have done that in their life. I don't think like wrote a record, wrote no. an album with their dad. Not really. Not, yeah, like, no. Yeah, you don't hear that very often, right? No. So yeah, it was a very special experience. Like I'll, I'll have that CD forever. Like, right, you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, something, well, anybody that knows you would know this. Um, you're a very eclectic you're you're just a music lover mm-hmm. you're you're definitely not i mean you were one of the first people i went to when i'm like what kind of like old school hip-hop short of like biggie tupac the big names mm-hmm. it's like what what else i wanted to go down a rabbit hole and boy did i go down a rabbit hole yeah what else did i listen to so you're like you you love hip-hop yeah uh, hardcore yeah obviously which i think they handhold each other really well they do just yeah. like the cadence and the flow and for just, sure the attitude and shit yeah. oh yeah yeah um and then like country music love country yeah it's yeah. Is, is there anything you don't like uh that i don't like uh i know some of the some of the pop stuff on the radio is like it's very repetitive and not original in my mm-hmm. mind but uh some of the stuff it's it's catchy though but yeah. something that's stuff i don't listen to regularly um, you know, like my brother got me into hip hop, my, my dad got me into country. And when I joined the afterbeat, uh, leaf and all those guys got me into reggae mm-hmm. and like more ska, like old school reggae, like yeah. the 60s, 70s yeah, stuff, yeah. which is really, really cool. And, uh, and then I got into like some like indie type stuff and yeah, I've, I've kind of got a good, uh, variety of music in my life, which is great. And mm-hmm. it's not just obviously my, my love and my love will always be punk rock and hardcore. Yeah. But uh, it's nice to have, like, I put my, you know, my iPhone on shuffle and I have, like, a bunch of different stuff on it and yeah. I don't really care what comes on. It's like, yeah, yeah, this is good too. Yeah. 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 That's, I do the same thing. I get in the car, I hit shuffle. I just go. Let it go. I mean, there's some that it's like, Ooh. and if totally. anyone's in the car with me, I'm like, well, let's just put, 
Let's yeah. pretend you didn't hear Katy Perry on there because <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, pa- Katy Perry is like kind of like how action movies are. Okay. You just tune out and you don't. You just gotta tap your toe. You that's what I mean. Need... Like that's what I mean when it's catchy. Like that pops up. Like yeah. oh, of course. Like there's a beat, the good beat to it, and like the melodies are crazy. Some of the singers like now like uh, they're incredibly talented. And yeah. They're, so some of their songs are great. So being a fairly big fan of hip hop, what do you think of kind of the way? And I know music has to evolve, but kind of the way hip hop is going now. What do you? What What's your personal take on it? Because I think um, it's a hot a... load of fucking garbage. It, it some is. Of it. Some, some of, of it, it, yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of it, it's... Uh, it. When I say, like, some of the pop music stuff is repetitive, it, the the stuff's coming out now, like, where the trap and the, the newer hip-hop mm-hmm. artists, like, can you... Nothing... There's... All the drums sound the same. Yeah. All, like, the... There's no, like interesting samples anymore mm-hmm. like yeah, i'm the guy it's... i'm the guy that was like dj premiere and like mad lib and um um oh god like what are there some like really good uh djs out there like there's there's a ton but they take records and like they take like a drum sample yeah. from something like even like mac miller like he made his own beats yeah uh dj babu and the, all these crazy producers and they make all their own beats. Like, so yeah. a lot of stuff, like every song will have the same hi-hat sound, same snare, mm-hmm. same kick, everything. Everything's just like cut and paste. Yeah. See, for me, it's, I, I, I mean, I hear that, but that's definitely the musician in you and especially the drummer. Yeah. Like you can hear, but for me, it's like the lyrics are just. Oh, like, lyrically? What, like, I, what I love about older hip hop. And even even some of the like older punk rock that's a little more pissed off and a little more, like they're they're, they're it's telling a story. Like I I was walking to the gym today and I downloaded the new Cardi B because I'm like I'm just gonna let, let's yeah. see, let's see what it is. Yeah. <sighs> it was so bad. Yeah, my, like, my my friend Marty downloaded the the Nicki Minaj just because like you know what just like you wanted to see what it's like yeah just check it out and he was cause... like okay she she can only say stuff about her vagina so many times I'm like I I can't do this anymore yeah like it's, it's... like man like that's like, like what like what yeah like the song drip I've... from Don't Cardi know. B yeah no it's it's terrible oh it's it, Cardi B track yeah it's okay. Cardi B and it's like talking about like how she was a stripper yeah and now she's got ice on her and that's like but not in a uh, it's just. But the, 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 a lot of the stuff nowadays is just about like what car you're driving, you know, how much drip you have on your wrist yeah. or on your neck, like your neck's wet. Yeah. It's dripping with so much ice. And you just say like, one okay, word like, whatever. over and over yeah. and over. Like, but like that was the big thing, right? With, with hip hop. Like, you know, they, they, they had a really bad upbringing. Yeah. And then they broke out oh, as an sure. artist and they made like, they made these huge contracts, yeah. making all this money. And it's like, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna go crazy and buy some crazy stuff because it's like they had such a bad uh, childhood or teenage years in the ghetto or wherever they were in yeah. some of these projects. Yeah, that's what they're gonna do because they can do it now. That's been the and because they when they're growing up, they're listening to Nas and they're listening to all these crazy guys and they're ro- riding yeah. around in Benz yeah. cars and stuff like that, they're right? Six and, fours. Yeah, and that's what they want to do. That's what they. That's what influenced them. Yeah, yeah. And, and NWA, like all those guys for sure. Like I just watched. I don't know. I think I saw on Facebook. Did you see the uh, the Godfathers of Hardcore? Yeah, I just watched that's, that. I mean, the fact that he lives in the same apartment building yeah. that he's always been in, and I just like look at his 
the way he lives, I mean, granted, he also lives in New York, so he lives in probably the size of your basement. Right. That's as big as his apartment is. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, that's that's why I, I think I always gravitate more or back to punk rock is because people just keep it, like, normal. Like, yeah. they're normal people. They're just... They're just happy to make a living at what they want to do. Yeah. Like, and not have to, you know. I think that's why I liked, like, that's why I love punk rock and hardcore so much is it's like, it was such like a fuck you to everything that was happening. Like all that disco bullshit Mm -hmm. and like all that rock and roll, like fucking drinking, like fucking all this kind of like just crap that was happening, all the metal stuff whatever and then yeah this other type of music came out that was so like do yourself and like fuck everything yeah and it was so aggressive and so personal what they're talking about mm-hmm. that's why i love that music so much because it's like it's, it's, it's a lot of its stuff is still that way yeah it's like it just that's why it hit me so much it's mm-hmm. like that music's like the best and you yourself are your straight edge mm-hmm. and when i don't really like yeah i don't like y- put myself y- no that it's way. not like you're throwing yeah, big I, x's but you don't drink yeah. you don't do drugs no you drink coffee? No. No? No. Tea? Yeah. So there's your caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, um, when did you decide you wanted to do, like, to go that path? To, like, like, not drink? To not drink, not do drugs, not do... Um, I th- and watch, I, I guess, because, I mean, I, I respect it. I mm-hmm. get it. It's, especially being in the scene that we're in, mm-hmm. it's tough. Because mm-hmm. that's, like, a social lubricant. You just have to for me i have to have like something in my hand yeah and just like you're just hanging out so it could be a pop or water it sh- yeah. should be pop or water more than it is but yeah so uh, yeah i i got into that uh i think just like what i was being like surrounded by sometimes and just how much like drinking and all that like all that stuff was glorified like mm-hmm. like whether it be tv or music or whatever it's like and I just, I didn't, I didn't enjoy myself. I, I've been drunk a few times. My first time getting drunk was my 18th birthday. Mm-hmm. Don't remember a thing. Yeah. But uh, it's not like that's, you have to be like that drunk all the time, but I just didn't enjoy it. No. Like I d- wasn't a big fan of the taste. Yeah. Um, just sometimes like what it represented. Like I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm not about that. Like, um, and by no means I, I never like shit talk my friends who are doing it. Yeah, or that kind sure. of person, like that militant bullshit. Like, yeah, I'm, it's their choice. I, I, if anything, it's, it's like I'm your I'm your safe drive anywhere, guys. Yeah, yeah. Like straight up. Like I'll if you need you can call me in the middle of the night if you're out at a show yeah. or if we're at a show, like hey Dylan, I had a few drinks, I will happily drive mm-hmm. you anywhere. I'll never turn that shit down, like ever. Yeah. So it just like I think it was the feeling I have. I, I like it's like in some of the bands I love listening to, like some of those straight edge bands and mm-hmm. uh, whether it be like Champion and like uh, Minor Threat who was like started the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Just like when I hear some of the lyrics or when I like have that moment where I'm like, yeah, I don't need a drink. Like I'm good. Like I feel good. Like I just, I don't need, I don't need that stuff. Like yeah. I, I, but I, I never look down on people who do do it. Like vegetarian, like I'm a vegetarian as well. Yeah. Like I never, you know, eat meat. Like I never preach and like I'm mm-hmm. crap. Like I hate that. Like it's a very personal thing to me. I don't do it. Yeah. But I don't see anything wrong with it. Like when people are like having a beer, have a glass of wine after work. Yeah, yeah, that probably it's great. Like it's just you're unwinding. You're, yeah, and that's you're doing that's, your thing. I just don't thing, do it, and it's not affecting your life. No, because like your your fiance drinks. Yeah, and it's like she wants to come home, have a glass of wine. I'll have a glass of wine of non alcoholic wine yeah, with yeah. her, and I have a I have a bottle that I buy at the store. Yeah, and we have a glass of wine together. Yeah, and it's it's and she loves it. It's like yeah. I'll, I'll always do that with her. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So it's like. And, and that, I'm also, if she has a few drinks, uh, have, uh, glasses of wine when we're out with friends, 
I'll drive home. Yeah, of course, which is great. Because she like, always, she's like, oh, I have a forever DD. It's like 100%, mm-hmm. of course. Which is phenomenal because, yeah. I mean, that's, like with, with me and my girlfriend, it's a it's a fine line sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I've, I've also learned now that I'm older, I mean, I don't, it'll be once, maybe twice a year where things will get out of hand. And it's usually at a, okay, I'm not going to lie, it's usually at a prop show. <laughs> and it's just like I know I don't like photographing them anymore because I love those guys and I'm I'm friends with them. So I would I want to be in the moment. I don't want a camera in front of my face. I've shot them enough. Yeah. I don't I don't care. I don't need any more photos of all those people. Mm-hmm. I still will, but then I know when it's time to like all right, this is going away and I'm going into the pit because yeah. That's one of the few bands that can still, I will get in there. And For sure. And it's probably going to hurt the next day. Um, but I've learned to tone down how drunk I'm getting. Yeah. Like, I've seen people at, like, Bell NTS that pay $80, $90, $100, $150 for a ticket. And they're getting thrown out before the band they came to see played. And I like, know. I've seen that like, how many times Why? Now? Like, I understand pre-gaming. Believe me. Or they don't get thrown out. They just don't remember. Yeah. But like, especially you when nuts? you're paying 10 bucks a beer. I get it. You want to get you want to get on that cusp so that you only have one beer while you're there, maybe two. Mm-hmm. But then they just go overboard and then they get kicked out. Or yeah, like you said, they don't remember. Yeah. That being said, the first Garth Brooks show I saw. Oh yeah. It was a hot fucking mess. Oh no. I was <laughs> so drunk. Where? And so at Bell MTS. Okay. When he was here. Oh, like the this last time. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Like that was five shows he played? Like, that's a machine, man. Four, yeah. He played Thursday, Friday, two on Saturday. Oh, no, five, yeah, and then one on Sunday. Um, Incredible. Yeah, I was so excited to see him. I had never seen him in my life. I got real drunk. Yeah. I remember crying. (laughs) I, he, he, he's, he's like that, he's like my, that guy for me. Like, he was that, is that artist, like. Growing up, he's I like lo- prolific, man. Yeah, like, like, like I've listened like, to him since I was twelve years old, and I'm cool. old as balls, so that's yeah. a long time. <laughs> and so when I got tickets, and I the one song that made me cry was well, there's a couple, but the one that like just broke it open was um, the river, okay, because they played it at my grandpa's funeral, ah, and then all that cool. came rushing back. Yep, and I was just like. I was a hot mess the whole night. I've got photos on my phone that I don't remember taking. Yeah, but then blurry? I, what's that? Blurry? Eh, they're okay. They're all right. <laughs> but then I got to uh, we got box seats for the next one. Which, oh, nice. Eh, unless it's all your buds, mm-hmm. they're not that fun because yep. it's a bunch of random people you don't know. Oh, I understand. And yeah. you don't want to like stand up seats. and yeah. <clears throat> it was fine, but I also got to shoot his meet and greet, which oh, you got to shoot it. I got to meet him. Whoa! I've never been. So nervous in my wow. whole entire life. I don't think I knew and that. And it was it was a tiny room, like your room, your your jam room here is five by ten. Yeah, maybe something like that. Whatever, so it yeah. was maybe double the size, like not very big, maybe double the size height wise too. Okay. And so the first thing when I knew I was shooting it, I was like, Oh, okay, I'm okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in the same room as Garth Brooks. That's crazy. I feel like I'm gonna puke the whole time. I was like, I felt so sick to my stomach. I get downstairs like a. So it was like a lineup of people. And no, then it you was were just like... he was just meeting with the the Bell MPS brass. So oh. it was just like uh, like Kevin Donnelly um, and a couple other people. And so I like get into this room. I'm looking around. I'm like, Kate, white ceiling. That's good. It's low enough. 
a gut. I'm like, it's kind of tight. I'm okay. I brought mm-hmm. a wide enough lens. I'm good. And I'm not even paying attention. And this guy in a sweatshirt just comes in and ball cap and comes in and he like super humble. Yeah. Just, just like, comes whatever. in. He's like, shakes my hand. He's like, hi, I'm Garth. What's your name? I'm like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm did you have that moment? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm the help. Cause like I've done it for, I think I've done it for the hip. I've done it for a couple other people at Bell MTS. You're the help. Nobody cares who you are. You're another photographer in another city, and that's fine. Yeah. I'm getting paid to be there. That's great. Yeah. But he took his time time to like introduce himself. So I always tell people, as nice as he seems on TV, he's that nice. Wow. And his wife was wonderful. We talked Chris about uh, yeah, yeah yeah they yeah. gave him um, some little soapstone polar bear carving cool. and gave her uh, the the Winnipeg cookbook. Oh. thing that they put out because cool. she loves cookbooks and i think she had just released a cookbook oh. and so i told her that the uh uh oh it was uh from the village diner the oh. the beat beat latkes oh okay we're really good and she's oh, like nice. oh i love beets and i love latkes and <laughs> me and her talk more than whatever because he was the main thing but yeah that was Cool, man. Wow. So, yeah, I don't think I knew that because I knew you like did work there and stuff, but I don't yeah. think I remember that story. No, that one was the most nervous I've ever been for any shoot. You did ever. the... Uh, but, uh, I, I was pretty... Uh, yeah, it, I don't... I wish I could have like had someone videotaping me meeting, like just... Because <laughs> so it's just... Funny. Yeah. That's cool though. Like it was, I, I had that moment... I, no, I, I did kind of a moment like that with Chris Hanna when I met him at... When I met him at... at uh, I think it was Union Sound Hall. Yeah. And he was like just putting away his gear by himself, like at the side, the side stage. Mm-hmm. I was like, and then Kelsey, my fiance, yeah, she was saying like, just go like say something to him, like okay. Yeah. And so yeah, I talked to him, but I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And then we ended up taking a picture together. I'm like, holy crap, it was yeah. so crazy. Yeah. And those guys are so humble and so yeah, sweet. they're just like, dudes, man. Like, I give love. Me a break. That's one thing I love about living in the city is like, one of the first times I saw George out outside of the like playing anywhere was he was standing in the same line as me at TD Bank. And I'm like, <laughs> I just texted my girlfriend and I'm like, George in the same line as me. That's so funny. Like, yeah. I can't believe I'm fanboying. And since then, I've got to know them a lot better. And they're just, they're all super sweet humans. They're, yeah, I'm sure they are. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, back on the musical track. Yeah. After Distances kind of ran its course, like you guys had, uh, Flo ended up moving yep. overseas. Yep. Um, and then have you guys officially broken up or you're just kind of, it's yeah, just we're kind of like officially kind of done. Yeah, it, it's almost like if Flo comes back here, then it's like, oh, then we'll, well maybe we'll like do a reunion show or something. something but yeah, I, I'm not, we're not playing any shows anytime soon kind mm-hmm. of thing or there's no thought in our head about it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just kind of, yeah, we just kind of stopped playing, which is, uh, that, that, that band was the closest I'll ever get to like, you know, quote unquote making it or like yeah. getting some sort of break. Yeah. Uh, we've, t- we toured a few times, uh, East and West, which is really cool. Um, and is be- being, like you said, that was the one that it was like make or break. Was that kind of your, I guess your watershed moment where you're like, not to say you have to grow up, but it's like th- there, there's definitely a cutoff line where it's like, all right, now I have to start going in this other direction. Like full-time jobs, houses, fiancés, yeah. cats. Mm-hmm. Like, was that the kind of moment where you're like, all right, like, I'm still going to, you're still obviously playing music and you still will continue to play music, I'm sure, until however long, mm-hmm. you know. But was that the kind of moment where you're like, all right, this avenue isn't going to work 
time to uh man yeah because i remember we were coming home from because so new damage uh the uh, richard um who works at new damage uh he, or he, he's like definitely a guy that runs the show mm-hmm. thing kind of there he's yeah. uh he he we opened for flatliners at juno fest yeah and flo was in contact with richard for a while and he really liked the album we put out like they were discussing our album at like at meetings okay which is really crazy yeah. right so he he said he was going to catch our set He's going to catch our set at Flatliners. Okay. And this was like, you know, I'm going to see what you guys are like. Yeah. Like live. Yeah. And so we were like tripping out. We were like, hey, this is crazy. And I remember, yeah, we we played that show and it was like, it was off the chain. We played really well. Yeah. Uh, I remember that The crowd was crazy. Yeah. yeah. It was so much fun and he missed it. Ah. Oh. Right? So then after that, uh, we played... Um, Canada Music, what's that? What's that festival called out oh. in like Toronto? Canadian Music Week. Yes. So we got a chance to go out there, and we got to Toronto, and the first thing, basically, we got there and we met up with Richard. Yeah. You're like, okay, let's meet up. He's like, I want to meet you guys. Let's like hang out. He gave us passes to like um, industry meetings and like passes to like little hangouts and whatever yeah. else, which was great. He kind of showed us around. And we had a show at, uh, what was it called? Like Cherry Colas. Okay. I think it was the venue. And so he came to the show and we like, he's like, okay, I'm going like, to, he was there. And we yeah. played a set, which was, it was okay. It was, we definitely played decent. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, Zach, uh, the guitar player, he, I think he broke a string at one point, which is a bummer, but whatever. Yeah. We still like recovered. Yeah. And we were hanging out more and um, yeah, we, and then when we we're on our way home, I remember it was basically like we we're waiting for a text i remember like in the van yeah, yeah. and flo was like emailing him and stuff and yeah like i said we were he apparently we were getting discussed at like meetings like our cd was getting rotated around yeah, we're yeah. like holy crap this is crazy yeah and yeah and when we had that and we got a text from him and it was it was along the lines of like hey like we kind of passed on it whatever else it was something like that and yeah. we're like we were like super crushed. We're like, oh mm. man, like that was so close. Like yeah. we, were, we went to Kenny Music Week, like for that reason, like to see yeah, him, yeah. hang out, meet us. What's going on? Yeah. And um, so that was uh, that was a heartbreaker. But we came back. We were like still hanging out and playing shows and writing music. Um, but the moment of, you know, knowing that music like wasn't going to be the thing. Mm. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to say. I can't remember when, but I you know. Uh, my fiance and I have been together for, you know, six plus years now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're like, we're, you know, getting married uh, this year and stuff, which is kind of, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's definitely taken a, a back seat to like, obviously like playing music is like my dream. Like, yeah, of yeah. course, like I love music. It's like my thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I love it. Like, but yeah, like having, having that happen and, where I went and full-time jobs and all that mm. kind of stuff. Yeah. Like bought a house, like, geez, yep. like all this kind of crazy stuff. Yep. So yeah, it definitely, it's definitely like taking a back seat, but I'll, I'll, I'll never stop playing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm in a new band now and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, yeah that'll never stop. But it's definitely like, I've got to figure something out now. And like, you know, I'm working towards that, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. And now, uh, the new band, I guess you're not so new, new, but the newest yeah, a couple of band few years. Yeah. is a uh, slow, steady, slow, steady, so you're yeah. slowly, but steady getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how did that kind of, cause you're playing with, um, oh God, who's in the band? Braden? 
Yeah, Brain Wilkes, yeah. Uh, Martin Lafreniere, yeah. uh, Matt Halleck, and myself. Yeah. yeah. So how did that, like, obviously, um, well, you've known Brayden for probably the longest, I assume. Yeah. Um, so, and I think that's how I got to meet Brayden and kind of everybody in that, I don't say that side of things, but in kind of the community, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, how did that all come about? Was it just hanging around? It's like, let's let's do, let's just kind of baby steps, just see where this goes? Uh, I started, like, me and Braden just started getting together and writing some tunes because uh, he was in Triggers, mm-hmm. and then I was in uh, Distances, and then Triggers stopped, Distances stopped, and me and him... Me and him are on the same wavelength for music. Yeah. Like, we'll be at shows. There's been times where, you know, I'm with my fiancé and then Brain's with his fiancé there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it'll be like the way we're standing is like me, Kelsey, Brayden, and Rhiannon, right? So mm-hmm. we're just standing there. And there's like, there's a point where um, the band will, something will happen. Like, whether it be like a cool accent in the band or like something like a shot, like a, the band made or yeah. a pause or a time signature thing or a, a whatever it was, a time yeah. change. And me and Brain, I'll have to like reach around and go like, "Why did you hear that?" And then the girls will be like, "You guys just like stand together, because yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll be like, we'll like hit each other, like, holy crap, did you hear that? That was yeah, so yeah. great. That was so tight. <laughs> like all that kind of stuff. So like me and Brain are on the same wavelength there. He's like my music buddy that yeah. in that way. And you're uh, playing guitar and singing in the yeah. band. Yeah, yeah. So I, me and Brain, we started jamming like writing. We started writing those first, like the first two songs that we have released mm-hmm. right now. Uh, Look, my first try and Nightburn. Those are the first two songs we ever wrote together, and so me and Brain just wrote wrote some songs together, and they weren't. They're definitely less aggressive than what we've been writing in the past. Mm-hmm. So we, yeah, we write wrote some songs together, and it just kind of turned into something. And then Maddie. Mm-hmm. Who who was in distances was in distances and yeah. a bunch of other awesome that, bands that Port dude, of Moral and uh, man, Hope Atlantic that like, man can drum yeah oh he's incredible not saying you're not any awesome. good but no Maddie like can Maddie. drum circles around wow. me. like he's crazy yeah yeah, yeah. Um, we asked him to the three of us jammed mm-hmm. it was guitar guitar and drums like yeah. just like hey do you want to just jam with us we just want to see how these songs are playing out I don't yeah, know what they're going to sound like yeah yeah. So we did that and Maddie was super down and he was having a lot of fun with us and I've already have a musical past with Maddie so mm-hmm. he was obviously down to be with me in, yeah. in another band and uh, he he knows of Brayden too because we played at shows together yeah yeah so that was that was a lot of fun so that chemistry was there and it was awesome and then we were looking for a bass player we asked a few people and then Marty came around mm-hmm. and uh, you know Marty's in the few bands in the city right Marty Marty's a busy guy he's very busy, a very guy, busy yeah. guy super so. talented like yeah. super smart guy like he's one of the most talented guys I know he you know video recording mm-hmm. uh, audio stuff and playing bass playing guitar like writing songs for his band clip wing like yeah. it's he he's very very talented so we just asked him more of like hey do you want to just come to jam with us and just like throw some shit in here yeah yeah like just throw some bass just to hear it all. Yeah, you want to hear it as he's a like, full yeah, band yeah. thing, not just yeah, yeah. So really, he's like, yeah, I'll come down and like play for Billy. Yeah, want to have a free evening. We kind of like set it up so like he had a free evening from his jams, and we all just went out to Selkirk to Maddie's place and yeah. started jamming. Yeah, so we started jamming, and he really enjoyed it. He really really enjoyed himself and himself. And we had a few songs written, like three or four, kind of like ironed out. Yeah. 
<clears throat> and I think we kind of officially asked him, like, do you want to just like, play bass with us? Yeah. And a lot of the stuff we were playing was, like I said, not as aggressive. So it was mm -hmm. a little more, it was a little different from our other bands we've been in. So yeah. a little different from Distance, a little different from Triggers, yeah. a little different from Clip Wing. So I think that's why it was so much fun because we wanted to do something diff, something different. And, you know, when Brain and I first started writing songs, uh, we were like, we want to play different shows. Yeah. Like, it's not like we were going to do it on purpose. Like, let's let, we're just writing some different tunes and because yeah. we, we all have a very wide uh, variety of musical tastes. Mm -hmm. So we, we're like, we want to play shows like Fringe. We want to play f shows like Festival. We want to play shows like uh, uh, Real Love Fest or yeah. whatever it may be. Yeah. Play different venues. Play with different bands. Yeah. So the first two songs we recorded were a little like kind of pop punky kind of thing. But yeah. now we've really kind of took a turn for like some softer stuff, like di more dynamics and mm. more melody and like melody driven. So do you guys record a new stuff or are you not going yet. to be? Not yet. We just, we're, just we kind want of what to be, you're yeah. jamming. Yeah. Yeah. So we have like 10 songs written, like nice. nine or 10 songs written. So, and, and we're really enjoying writing these kind of songs because they're not punk rock anymore. They're yeah. not hardcore anymore. They're not like that. Yeah. So it, we're not like we're maturing, but we're just kind of like branching out. Like, yeah, it's, evolving. Yeah. yeah. It's just, we want to, we want, we want to play some different stuff. For sure. Yeah. And like you said, different venues and that gets in front of different people. Like exactly, being able yeah. to play Fringe or even Jazz Fest. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of my biggest kind of, not beefs, but it really pisses me off that Manitoba music only pays attention to a certain kind of music. As far as I think, like they don't really, if it's not sellable, quote unquote, sellable, yeah. they kind of don't pay attention to it. Right. They're starting to open up now with like more as the Winnipeg scene for hip hop is evolving. That's becoming more prevalent in their stuff. Mm -hmm. But you don't really see many hard bands. Yeah. Like even, even bands that have been doing phenomenally well, like Mobina. That yeah. have been work those girls have been working their asses off. No kidding. And they get Absolutely. no like no respect from I mean, they might get like grants and stuff a like little that. Bit here and there. But not as far as I know, like when they did the lost sessions and all that stuff. It was all good music, won't take it away from the people they're doing, but they're not pushing those bands to the forefront, which they should because Because they are in the forefront really, because they're uh, touring and they're recording and yeah. releasing things and touring and, with like big bands. Like and there's some of big things are happening for like Mobina like yeah and they're putting like Winnipeg on the map and like in some in some ways like touring with big bands so it's like yeah. who's this band oh they're from Winnipeg like man like and some of the longest it. running bands in the city are hard bands like Prop has been together for probably more years yeah, than they'd like to admit they started yeah like, and like Comeback Kid yeah come on like and yeah, they don't still get there going and they're still still touring heavy yeah which I also love that men. they're just doing it on their own yeah. Which is what I love about both of those bands. Yeah, and it's so funny. The scene like, again is yeah, like, they're just making it happen for themselves. The one moment I had with Prop was they played at the Burt. And, uh, oh, the uh, Red River Rampage. Was it that show? Yeah, it might have been, yeah. Because they were supposed to play at the uh, the exhibition yeah. thing, but yeah. it got rained out or something. Yeah, so you know, if moments like this where I saw, <laughs> I saw Todd like reaching into his like cable bag or yeah. whatever he was and he was like tangled and, he, and he's like he's just like oh god and i'm like 
these dudes have been doing it for how long? And they like they they have just like throw the cables in the bed, like fuck it, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Else, like can't like do it up properly, or they're just like doing their thing. They're all like setting up their own stuff. Oh yeah, like yeah, dude, yeah. like they're still keeping it. They're still keeping it like they still keep it real. Like, 100%. They, they like do it their own way. They have their sound guy, which is awesome. They have their they sound guy. They, but their, whether it be uh, with their pedals or setting up stuff, they, they, they do there's have Chris, there's Todd, there's Sulin or Beave. Yeah. yeah. They do have a tech. They do have a guitar tech that kind of, but that's like a guitar tech for three people. And then if Jordan needs something. Yeah. Like it's like one dude taking care of four people mm-hmm. and like, yeah, it's it's we we could we could nerd out over. I would actually like. That's why I love this. They don't do it very often, man. I would this love to have a whole because I'm interviewing Todd at some point. I've talked to him. He's like, yeah, sure. Oh shit! So, I'm I'm that one's gonna be a little bit more. I don't know. It's gonna be the same as this. It's just mm-hmm. gonna sit down. We'll talk about prop. We're talking about other stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give too much away because if you don't know him, you don't know what he's into. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I forgot where I was going with that. So yeah, I, it's 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 fun talking about them. Yeah, and because they're yeah again they're super chill people. Like yeah, I got a chance to on the new album be in the studio with them. That's and right. Take, and take photos. And that's right. I heard um, Victory Lap, or was it? Yeah, yeah, that's Victory Lap. And I was like, before anybody. <laughs> like this is so cool. Like it's, and then like. Uh, um, the song uh, Zoo. Oh, Zoo, uh, uh, Zoocosis. Yes. Yeah. I heard him playing that intro and I'm like. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Because like that album. Yeah, okay, I'm going to quit nerding out. We're going to nerd out. Off, yeah. Off the, incredible. And they're, like, they're still releasing good mm-hmm. albums. Like what? Yeah. And they're in like the lyrically still like, mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. I have to Google. I, I need a dictionary with me when I read. Because <laughs> I, I get a prop album. I get a dick. I like, I like have my phone ready. Yep. I, I to get be the like, lyrics. What's like, like oh, what is this? Yeah. What is he talking about? Like, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's still those guys. So you guys are, are you planning on heading into the studio? Uh, and, we, we're just... trying to, yeah, we'd like to try and get something done. Uh, in the new year for sure. Yeah. Um, we have a show coming up uh, next month, but we're yeah we're trying to get something going before that. But we'll we'll see if we can get maybe a song or two done because mm-hmm. we we recorded with Marty. Um, he has a re- like a recording uh, operation going. Yeah. Um, Sound Smart. Okay. With him and Kyle Monkman, so they have um, they can do it mo- mobile. They can come to your place and record. Mm-hmm. Uh, super good guys. I always recommend them for anybody recording music. Um, yeah, so if, if we do want to do some recording, cause we wanted to try and go to like uh private ear or something, but yeah. if we don't have the time or whatever, we might just like, we might just jump it to, uh, sound smart and do it with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'd like to try and get something done within the new year for sure. Yeah. Like w- within the next couple of months, but we'll see. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the, uh, the show you're telling me about that we can't tell you, Actually, we can't tell you about it because I'll just bleep it out because fuck all of you. <laughs> so you guys are playing Festival this year. We are playing Festival this year. That'll be... and I, I, <laughs> I'm totally going to just... It, it'll be released after yeah. you're allowed to. But yeah. my teaser is... This is all going to be gone too. But I'm totally going to be like, you're playing this yeah, year. Yeah. <laughs> which people can probably maybe assume. Yeah. Maybe. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Like you said, another avenue where... You haven't played. You haven't played festival before. No. You guys played. Distances played big fun. Yeah. Like years and years and years ago. Yeah. But so yeah, that'll be. Festival yeah. Like, is, like the day we're playing, the time we're playing, it's like, 
I don't know. I don't understand how we got that slot. Yeah. It's going to be insane. So when are, you, when are you playing Festival? Like which? Uh, we're playing the Friday night. Okay. 9.30 oh. in the Ice Bar tent. Nice. That's a, oh, that's a good one too. Yeah. Nice. I, we're, we're, I, we're, we're tripping, man. Like yeah. when we heard that, it was crazy. Do you know who else you're playing with? No. No? No. Because they probably just tell you when, yeah. where. Whenever awesome. they have, whenever they make those announcements. Yeah, so the they'll, Friday, they'll, the, do you know I don't the, know the dates. Okay. Yeah. Because I, just the other day, I was talking about, uh, I was talking about Festival, and uh, <laughs> uh, and I don't know how long that runs for. I'm like, oh, is it three days? And people are like, it's, no, it's like a week and a bit. It, I'm like, what? It's technically, well, it, it runs two weeks, but it's two weekends. Of yeah, like it's like yeah, Thursday, a Friday, weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and a weekend. Friday, Saturday, and a little bit Sunday. Yeah. So yeah, okay, all right. I'm I'm excited because they're they're announcing everyone January fifteenth. Which this will be after January fifteenth, so we're good. Oh, and we're good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're good. Yeah. We'll, we'll put it out there. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks for sitting down and talking to me. Yeah, anytime, man. Time. This is super fun, man. We'll have, we'll have to have like a, a. I'd like to have like a roundtable prop nerd out, and oh my pre- god, pre- dude. Preferably after <laughs> I talk ton. to them, <laughs> so they don't ever have to hear it and be yeah. like, oh shit. Yeah. But awesome. Thank you for sitting down with me. Hey, thanks, Dwayne. Always, buddy. Well, there you go. There was my conversation with Dylan James from Slow Steady, among many, many other bands. One of the best-looking men in the uh, the scene, if I do say so myself. And he's going to pay me for that, I think. Anyway, uh, so go check out Slow Steady with the Rippers and X Omerta. Oh, I'm going to screw this up again. X Omerta on February 15th at Festival de Voyageur at the Snowbar Tent. Uh, they are on at 8.15. And as always... You know, I, I said it at the uh, the top of the interview. Go check out Festival de Voyager. We have um, so many great, great, great festivals in this city. This one is celebrating its 30th year. Uh, Festival runs from February 15th to 24th. So, you know, you get your Valentine's Day out of the way. Bang, 14th finished. 15th, head into uh, Festival de Voyager. Or maybe just put it off a day. A little less busy. Um, so, go check out all the bands. There's some really, really amazing bands on the bill this year uh one of my favorites and hopefully i get a chance to talk to them is a band called um the harpoonist and the axe murder i've seen these guys many many times at uh the park theater and i think at previous festival de voyageurs and they they are they're just so incredible uh check out uh heyho.ca and check out all the artists on there's just way too many to list like it there's I, I, I don't even want to like kind of just put one out there because there is just so, so, so many great, great artists that are going to be playing this year at Festival de Voyager. So go check that out. Again, it runs 15th through the 24th. And go check out one of our sponsors, DivineShirtCompany.com. If you need merch made for your t-shirt or if you need, God, who would have thought that I, I can't do this? Anyway... Go check out DivineShirtCompany.com if you need merch made for your bands or your company. They do screen printing, vinyl transfers, embroidery, and a lot more. www.DivineShirtCompany.com or info at DivineShirtCompany.com. Scott will set you right. And yeah, I think that's 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 about it for me. Thank you again for checking out the podcast. Uh, feel free to follow us on Instagram. A lot of music stuff, local music stuff up on there. It's a musicthing.mb. Or on Facebook or the website, it's a music thing.com. And 
If you have any show ideas or you just want to tell me to get lost, it's a music thing, mp at gmail.com. I will definitely get back to you. And thanks for checking it out. So, like we always do here, we play the uh, um, the artist's songs after the show. I don't like mixing it up and in there because, I don't know, people just fast forward. I mean, you could just turn it off at this point. Oh, Dead Air is not good. Anyway, um, and Dylan was nice enough to send over, I think it's five of um, his, his previous band songs and current Slow Steady songs. We are going to, I'm going to start this off kind of what I think is from earliest to the newest stuff. So we got uh, first song up is called, uh, what is it? Sarcastic Bliss by Public Outfall. Public Fallout. That's it. Public Fallout. Whoops. Anyway, Sarcastic Bliss by Public Fallout. And then we are going to play some Afterbeat. The song is called Someday. And then we're going to play some some the Almighty Danger Cat with a song called All Right Cool. Then how I when I met Dylan, kind of when he came into my whatever uh, distances like father like son. And then we're going to finish it up with the newest um, the newest his newest project. It's called Slow Steady. The song is called Nightburn. And again, everybody go check them out February 15th. It's the opening night of Festival. You got no reason not to go. Enjoy some Caribou.
It's your life.